Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Welcome to D&D 201. My name is Niall, and I will be your dungeon master. My name is Morgan, I shall also be your dungeon master. Oh, you're not... You're Nothing not, witty this week. You're not no. sticking to the game master. I'm thing. out of wit. It was only for one week. Oh, okay. Fair I've enough. run out of wit. This is going to be a very like, straight-faced... A witless... A witless episode. Yeah, I'm without wit. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is a witless episode, Niall. <laughs> it's fine. I'm full of wit, so I'll make up for it. Um, <laughs> you're full I'm, of something, right? Literally, it's wit. dribbling out of me. Uh, uh, wonderful. <laughs> Uh, welcome to D&D 201, where we, uh, the DMs of this podcast, help you, the DMs of your own game. Uh, oh, beautiful. Well, yeah. well it's, flawless. it's true. It's true. You're a DM of your own game. And we're helping you um, do some DMing. So this is for you, other DMs. And if you're a player, if you're a player and you're listening to this, I swear to God, I will come to your house. And you do actually know where you are. Throw a Tarasque. Again, we, I asked this question last week, but I feel like like throwing an actual Tarasque, not really a threat, because how far are you going to throw it, right? Throwing the new mini of the Tarasque, which is a big <laughs> lump of plastic, very heavy. I think that would do some damage. I think you should start throwing that, people. I will. Yeah. Both. I'll throw the real one Have and then s- the, the fake one. <laughs> Have you seen that picture going around of um, that Tarasque humping a, a, a castle? No. It's really funny. Why? It's, Why is I, it doing I, it? I don't think it's supposed to be, but it looks like it's mounting it. Oh, it's like some official it, art. It's some official art like grabbing like, it going like, like it looks like it's fucking going to town <laughs> on this ruined tower. Um, God knows what the dungeons beneath it look like at this point. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> I resisted. I resisted every thought that, that popped into my head and said, "Ooh, say this, Niall. That'll be funny." Yeah, yeah. I resisted every single one. I hope you're proud of me. Uh, uh, no, it would have been good content. But we'll, we'll move on. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been. It'd have just been We'd be in the gutter, disgusting. in the dirt, yeah. where we belong. Um, we're talking yeah. this week about giving stuff to your play. Right? Okay. You've been, you've been playing. <laughs> good one. You've been playing. You've been taking your players through your power fantasy. You've been forcing, dragging them through your story that you're trying to tell, yeah. which is great, and they should be grateful. Yeah. But maybe every now and again you should throw them a bone. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna tell you how to throw bones to your players, not models of tarasks, like literal actual presents. This is rewarding your players. Gifts. Gifts. Presents. And not not gifts as in like the hippopotamus people. Gifts. <laughs> Your DM has sent me to you. I'm going to make you laugh. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's um, it's um, um, like magical items and uh, lands and tiles and yeah. magical powers and shit like other shit. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it depends on. I guess the starting point would be when you're looking at rewarding your players, looking at what level they are. I've I used to be the kind of DM that would literally you'd be level two and I'd be like, here, have a magic weapon. And I, I just didn't give a shit. Niall, you gave your level four party the sort of cast. It's not. Like, the, literally a month that's ago. That's not how that works. That it fucking is. Right. Don't you... Nothing's changed. No, listen. <laughs> listen. Listen to me. Right. Just to just to put this into context, okay? We're playing a very high-level magic game set in a magical well, universe. Well, we are now, because somebody <laughs> gave a play at the sort of fucking cast. Fuck you. Okay. But it's not the sort of cast, and I'll go into detail on this a bit later. It's... 
So the Sword of Cast is in the DMG, uh, and it is a legendary item. However, I have been doing some homebrew magic items for quite a few years now, and they're based on Matthew Mercer's... Matthew Mercer. Matthew Mercer. Matthew Mercer's Vestiges of Divergence, uh, legendary items that level up as your players do. So the base stats for these magic weapons aren't as amazing as everybody fears them to be. Yeah, I I wish my players would listen to them when I told them that. Yeah, but they've got the sword of chaos I'm yeah like, and it's just like it listen you big nerd stop reading the fucking dmg <laughs> right and fucking love what you're doing now i i've written terrible i've given them so much money and they've bought so much shit at this point i've just opened the floodgates I'm like, whatever there you go isn't it? but like, yeah yeah it's the sword of cast but it's not the sword of cast it's it's a trick you I'm hear that alan you hear that Listen close. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's, like you said, there's a bunch of stuff when your players defeat a big bad or loot yeah. a corpse or defeat a, a monster. You want to, maybe if it's been in their lair or something, you want to have a hoard or maybe yeah. some personal treasure. Uh, different types of treasures, coins, gemstones, art and magic items is yeah. the kind of stuff you're going to be giving away. And and the thing is, is like, as, as, as a DM, I've started to stop giving out magic items in early campaigns because I find that it makes fighting certain monsters of a certain level just too easy like a werewolf a werewolf has resistances to most things and just handing a player a magic weapon before they've even had the chance to fight one immediately makes the werewolf no longer scary just give me a break for the intermission no i like it so morgan ran away just for a quick second to find xanthar's guide which apparently has a nice guide on how to give your players magic items as they level up page 135 of xanthar's guide don't know which printing um here we go cool so in xanthar's guide it gives you an idea of how to award magic items so you don't do shit like unbalance your campaign boom Um, where is it? So we've got, um, kind of distribution by rarity if you want, where you're, how you're doing it. There's a bunch of stuff that I don't have proper time to read now. Um, but basically it says stuff like between levels one to four, your party should have, you should have no more, I guess, than six common, two uncommon, and one rare magic item. Nothing, nothing very rare, nothing legendary. So it's not completely unbalancing the game. Yeah, exactly. If you've got something like werewolves in your game, I mean, for me, werewolves, it has to be silver. I don't like the magic. It's like, well, it has to be silvered weapons or a magic item, which you can actually create with a cantrip. So, so like, oh no, what? no, there's a first, first level, level spell. First level spell, sorry. Second, maybe? Either way, it's not very Whatever. Hard. You can what turn, do I look like a big DM? <laughs> you, can turn a, you can turn a weapon into a magic item. Yeah. Very low level. So I'm yeah. like, it's only silvered weapons. But like you say, if you have something like a werewolf coming in, make sure that if you want that to be difficult, you're not giving them magic items at such low level. Exactly. Like, think about your campaign. It's yeah. just one of those things that like, the thing about D&D and the more I learn about it and the more I play and the more we talk about it, actually, I have to say I've learned so much from just doing this podcast. But the thing is, players have it easy. What they don't realise is is that taking one hit in combat isn't that bad. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you have some players that literally get hit once and they're like, oh my god, like, that was such a hard fight. Right. And it's like, Going- no, no, you just missed a lot and, <laughs> and you got hit once. Going down 
in D&D isn't bad. No. Like, it, that, I think that's... I mean, to be fair, I don't want to break that illusion for players because it makes not dangerous fights feel dangerous because, yeah. like, holy shit, I went down. It's like, yeah, you were going to be fine. Like, you were really unlikely to die. Yeah. But yeah, you went. It's good to have that maintained. But a lot of the time, as a DM, don't stress. If one of your party members go down, they'll probably come back up again. Yeah, it's true. and and if they don't, it makes for a good story. Usually. No, yeah. but honestly, players, the game is set for players to win. Like that's mm. the whole point of the game. You you don't really want to kill your players, and it's nice to have the illusion that you do. Do you know what I mean? And and, mm. and have the illusion that the players think that maybe this is dangerous and this is scary. But it it you because as a DM, you don't want your players to die, and you want them to have fun and you want them to be okay and and enjoy it the the temptation is to give them everything all at once and actually when it's earned it's a lot lot more like fun well i had a fight recently where i just put a, a deadly encounter into a room with three people they literally they only just managed to get away with not taking some serious damage because one of them set an alarm on the door yeah and it woke them all up and the combat started and the only way they really won that fight was because one of them polymorphed the the combatant, and it and it they tried to polymorph them twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it was one of those very clutch moves where this combatant was slowly whittling them down, and it really made them feel scared because they didn't have any magic items. Yeah, I think to be fair, you, on that kind of thing, one of my players I know have said one of their favorite sessions was a prison break episode. So nearly all the party had basically been taken prisoner, and they woke up in a cell none of their equipment no weapons nothing no it didn't even have spellcasting focuses so they were like couldn't do anything um it was really fun because <laughs> they because they because they were like are we okay um how do we get around this they were having to look at which spells didn't need um material components they were having to kind of like work a lot of this stuff out and that shows and they had a great time really enjoyed getting the stuff back and then going on and it shows that you don't just need to give your players loads of shit for them to have a fun time yeah it's it's all about challenge and challenge overcome really makes players feel a lot better mm. about themselves but yeah uh rewarding so i'll go i'm gonna refer back to Stanhold later because i found the bit i was looking for because it basically tells you um there's a little bit there's a bunch of tables that we'll talk about as we go through it yeah, but yeah. there is it expects you to roll on the treasure hall tables 45 times from levels 1 to 20 and that's a really nice quantifiable way to be like how many magic items should they get this is how many and yeah. then you can work it out from there. Exactly. Um, and, it, and it gives you a good kind of baseline of, of that. I think it's quite fun. Yeah. And there are, so there are tables in the DMG that are lovely. Like if you're fighting one singular person and you just want to loot the corpse, then you can give them treasure and it's usually like gold and stuff like that. And that they depend on like how, what level of challenge rating is depends on how much gold the creature might have on them. Yeah. And then Horde is obviously for something a bit bigger, like a dragon or like a, a hag. Because yeah. they have like personal treasure and then they have, like like you said, like a Horde. Like exactly. if you go into their lair. And feel free to like play with that as well. Like maybe they're fighting a legendary warrior in a gladiatorial pit and they get his weapon. And it's not a magic weapon, it's just a masterwork weapon that's a plus one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing as well. There's a difference between rewarding your players common items that are, well, uncommon items, items that aren't magic and consumable items. Consumable items are always good to give players because it's not going to cause you a pain forever. Yeah. Gold, uh, potions. Well, gold also refers back to last episode when we were talking yeah. about give them a money sink. Yeah. So whilst you're giving them all this gold, give them somewhere for them to put it so that they're not just stockpiling and then like, hi, I'd like to buy the kingdom. 
Thanks. Titles and land as well. That was a really good mm-hmm. suggestion as well. Like giving them, giving them like roles to play if they've earned them in a town in a you know if they've if they've like done something for a town mayor, then maybe they get like I don't know discount somewhere, discount at the next shop, or they can always stay in the tavern for free. Yeah, you know, things like that are always really appreciated. Yeah, rewards aren't necessarily just magic items. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but saying that, let's talk some magic items. <laughs> let's talk some magic items. So uh, the player, the DMG has got a bunch of tables for generating treasure automatically. I like to use this if my players have killed some bandits and they loot them. Yeah. There is the first kind of section is like individual treasure. So yeah. stuff you like to find. So you can roll on based on the challenge rating, how much they're likely to have on them. So this can be like, so maybe it's like a handful of copper, maybe a few, a few gold. Just gives you a kind of a guide for how much they can expect to get on these kind of moves and give them a reward for searching bodies. Yeah. Because that means that if you want to ever put a clue on a corpse, the more likely to it's like Pavlov's dogs <laughs> yeah if they find treasure when they search bodies they'll search bodies so you can give them clues on bodies and stuff for them to find it's um, always nice to flavor like whenever you're doing like looting a body you find daggers rope tinder like all the things mm. that you would find on a player character and also like, yeah. five silver pieces yeah exactly but then and a doll <laughs> a spoopy doll trinkets the trinkets table is so good as well that's in the player's handbook so yeah. check that out because always putting like a little trinket on a on a bandit or something like that kind of makes the world feel a bit more lived in yeah no 100 percent um i've also just realized i've been using treasure tables wrong and i've been shortchanging my players which is really funny <laughs> literally just now reading really oh i've been using that incorrectly because whoopsie. whoopsie daisies so then you come to yeah fuck they should have a lot more oh my god um so you come to um uh treasure hordes which is like a lair so like maybe you've gone to fight a a, a dragon or you've come to the lair of some dying troll or a hag you've come to a hag's house um there's volo's guide which is um no longer what's the word not discontinued Cannon. yeah there's like a word for it whatever they don't use Vol's guide anymore still a really good resource there's a guide in there for hags yeah and strange things you might find in a hag's house to flavor stuff like that and yeah it's for all the stuff that's the same modern kind turn of foes and, and volo's guide to monsters even though they've been kind of like i think it's discontinued yeah they're still really useful books for world building stuff. yeah the mechanics are no longer relevant but the the actual information is really cool um for like world building stuff yeah um, no need to be upset because it's still there you can still use it but it's yeah, just exactly. D lore is kind of changing now is all yeah yeah exactly but then you have the actual treasure hoard tables so first of all this bit i wasn't doing at the top it tells you how many coins you find so you roll how many copper silver and gold they have um and it all depends on challenge rating so easy guys if you go like to a troll's lair and you find it you're less likely to find powerful magic items and like you'll find a few bits of gold here and there but then you roll a d100 um, to find what art, gems or art objects are in there, which you, there's other tables on the previous page that you roll on to find what they are. So you can be like, you find quartz and a ruby and this, which is important because if they find diamonds, diamonds are really useful magical components for like resurrection spells. So it helps you to navigate what gems they actually get. Because I used to just give diamonds because I knew they were useful. But now I'm like, oh, okay, there's a way for me to make diamonds more valuable than just Yeah, by giving diamonds. other gems, yeah. Yeah, or art objects, which you were talking about, you like to excite <laughs> up a bit because you get art oh, yeah. objects, but you can make them a bit more exciting than what there's, you... There's loads of cool tables as well. And like, but I, I tend to just sort of like, Whatever the layer is, or whatever the vibe is, because I'm usually random generating my my tables, um, my sorry, my treasure hoards. I usually try to think of like what would be considered an art object to whatever creature is there, and how would it get there. I think I did like a treasure hoard in an abandoned 
temple to Shah. So when the players were like, oh, what do we find? We find some art objects. Uh, I, I made them ceremonial armors because they were worth like 450 um, gold pieces each. So it was like, yeah, ceremonial full plate armor. Yeah. And then the funny conversation of, oh, can we take them all? And I was like, you're in the underdark. Where are you going to take them and how? With that purple hold you gave us. Fuck. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, usually. I love a good purple hole. I've got my game of my players purple hole, and they were like, this is just... It was my friend's moment where he went, okay, this game is stupid. What the fuck do you mean it's a purple hole? Is this fucking Looney Tunes? What are you doing? And you're like, like, yes. Like, it's in the book. He's like, that's stupid. That is a... That is... I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Immersion broken. That's he left. Rid- yeah, it was, like, <laughs> it was like, that is ridiculous. How is that a, a thing? But also um, amazing. Oh, brilliant. Because you can't fit a suit of armor in a bag of holding the, 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 the hole's too small. Exactly. But a purple hole. Very easy to do so um, there's I think my players put someone's entire bedroom suite into their portal hole oh, God. that they killed and now they've just got like a bed and a desk oh no just the desk actually because they couldn't open any of the drawers they're like I oh, will open it later and put, it, put the desk in the portal hole and have forgotten about it yeah 100% so there's just a desk in there now um, oh, God. always write what's in your hole guys <laughs> always specify what's in the hole um, yeah so that's the kind of like your basic stuff but then the more exciting thing the reason everyone a lot of people use them dun- this is main motivation why I want to do this podcast but most people use the Dungeon Master's Guide for the treasure tables and that's mm-hmm. it that's the only time they, they blow off the dust of the DMG they roll a few D100s and they get some magic items and they pick one Yeah, I like there's so much other shit in here which we this, this podcast is kind of we've spoken about and gone through this is the bit everyone fucking shits and pisses themselves over like this podcast they fucking love this the treasure yeah. tables treasure tables um, and you can roll randomly generate basically so it'll give you the higher you get the better magical items you'll get it says in Xanathar's there's major and minor magical tables magical yeah. items which doesn't actually specify in here so I think it's like eight to something the first half of the treasure tables are minor magical items the back half of the major ones which are the more powerful and exciting ones Yeah. and basically you roll on the uh, horde tables which refers you to one of these items and you refer on the magic item table and then you pick the magic item um, and if you are flying by the seat of your pants which I like to do you do that and then they get a magic item and then you're like oh good I've given them a luck blade yeah. they have three castings of wish yeah. X <laughs> and that that would be an example of a major item like yeah basically major and minor really just means whether or not this is game breaking like <laughs> like if you get a major item it's usually something that's gonna really affect the rest of the game whereas a minor item probably won't like a potion of hill dry giant strength is is a minor magic item but a look blade is a major magic item what have we got so a through e are our kind of minor items so what that's things like um potion of healing um spell scrolls uh potion of vitality folding boat um folding boats have been proven to be ma- major magic items <laughs> when used to kill <laughs> people by unfolding a boat i would like to turn them. my boat into a ship uh, in front of these orcs please what mm-hmm. you can do that yep yes. how do you do it i say the command word what's the command word tobe <laughs> Ships are high. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Uh, Wand of Secret, Saddle of the Cavalier, good magical items, but like you say, nothing ridiculous. Yeah. Your major magical items are things like um, Staff of Swarming Insects, um, Dagger of Venom, like your, your, your powerful stuff. Even though some of this is common, it's a bit more mm. hefty, I guess. Um, powerful magical armor, Talisman of Ultimate Evil, like big shit. Um, is this Sphere of Annihilation? It will be. Fuck me, yeah. Magic Tatum I, Object ni- like Item 96. Fuck yeah. So yeah, you've got a bunch of bunch of good shit in those tables that you can randomly generate. We could sit through and read every single magical item, or we could talk about properties we can give them and 
other yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Generally. And there's also so many magic items, and they're worth looking through and getting, you know, getting to grips of and having fun with them and, you know, dishing them out. Another way to do magic item hordes is you can roll them with your players, which I find quite exciting. I like to get them to roll. They roll yeah. the dice, and I work out what happens. It's very yeah. fun. However, there is the other optional way of just pre rolling it. And, Curating you know, hordes, if yeah. you don't like the magic items that you're getting then just change that and give them different ones it can be quite nice to like set up quests that way do you know what i mean if you've already got pre-rolled magic items and things like that it's it's just push into the story i just yeah. want to talk about again one of the big things i want to do this was variant rules that people miss or don't know about or forget potion mixing have you read about potion mixing hello so potion mixing basically your players never happened to me yet yet being the keyword can if they would like take two potions mix them together and drink them yep. there is a rule for what happens yep. if you do that and you can roll on a, a Levy D100 table, um, which the results, if they roll a 1 on the D100, uh, a massive explosion with 6D10 force damage to the person that's doing the mixing. Um, the mixer just becomes a poison, yep. which can do a fuck ton of damage. But you can have a bunch of stuff that can happen when people do try and have these potions and mix them up, which I think is really fun. Like the idea that your players are like, oh, if I get this healing potion, this fine potion, I will get wings as I heal. And then they just die. Yeah. They just explode <laughs> into like, nothingness. Uh, uh, oh um and then there's also the same thing for scrolls so when you have to when you're trying to cast a scroll if you fail to cast it which is possible uh you have to make a saving throw and if you fail it some crazy shit happens like you get exploded by it or the spell activates like up to 12 hours later like there's fun stuff that you can do with that that you can put into your games. There's a lot of rules and a lot of fun stuff you can add around it. And this is the kind of thing I see a lot of stuff on the internet. It's like, oh, there should be a rule for this and there should be a rule for that. There, there is. is. It's on page it's 140 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. Read the book. Or listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was getting too annoyed with people not reading. So I was like, right, I'm going to read it to you. Sit down. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a bunch of variant rules for stuff you can do with your treasure and your items and stuff. It's cool stuff. And and the thing is, is like magic items are really fun and playing with them is, is really good and it's, it's mm. super cool. Super, 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 duper cool. Favorite magic item, Morgan? I don't know. Sovereign Glue is funny. Sovereign Glue. Just because it's like one of those magic items which will either, like, it will come up in the weirdest situation. Yeah. Um, and I've we once used it to seal the fire giant's fortress because the, fu- <laughs> the do- we glue the door shut, right? Okay. Fire giants are master craftsmen. Those doors are not coming off those walls. That's so Because they're like, because yeah. what I'd say, if, they, if you glued up a wooden door, the door breaks, the frame it. comes through. <laughs> This is a masterwork fucking door. They're not fucking coming up. Anything. And the fire giants are then just stuck. And we're like, cool. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, for the sheer nonsense, I think the first thing that comes to mind is Sovereign Glue. What about you? Uh don't know really I think anything that's cursed a cursed magic <laughs> item cursed magic item I'm all here for sword of vengeance yeah sword of vengeance is good I like it to be fair I do like a cloak of billowing oh hell yeah yeah hell yes it's just a cloak that billows is that like because no, I it's thought it's a homebrew I am I believe I don't think it's homebrew is it um because it's in an official campaign because it's in it's, it's in the dragon the dragon device by a peak I think oh is it I don't know if Sanifar comes with more magical items Oh, it is a magic item. Yeah, it's an official. It's an official magic item. Yeah, I don't know where it is though, because I don't think it's in the DMG. While wearing this cloak, you can use a bonus action to make it billow dramatically. It's in Xanathar's Guide to Everything. It is in Xanathar's Guide. What yeah. I love about it is that it's a bonus action to do so. Oh, it's, so it's just good. like it's so, in terms of action economy. You, but like, <laughs> you have if your ca- if your character action. doesn't have a bonus action, you could be like, I strike the beast. Uh, that's my bonus turn. action. You got a bonus action? Yeah, after I strike it, I bill at my cloak. <laughs> Fuck 
Yes. I just love it. I just think it's the coolest yeah, no, thing think, in the world. I think you might be right. But my favourite homebrew one was that moustache one I found and gave to David. Yes. As yes. a as a magic item on, I think, just on D&D Beyond, it's a homebrew magic item called a very fine moustache. And it's a it's essentially a moustache that if anybody refers to it is compelled, <laughs> is compelled to say that it is a, indeed a very fine moustache. However, it's also cursed so that any time somebody says it is it a, <laughs> it's a very fine moustache, it slips off the face of the wearer. Which caused ridiculousness in your campaign. <laughs> it wasn't even my campaign. <laughs> it says it on the table. Yeah, I was just covering. For fuck's sake. Um, take it, I, I think there's uh, two of my favourite magic items in that homebrew. So yeah. one I made, which is a bit, you know... But yeah. one like, which was a trident basically ended up being, I think it was like a plus three weapon of dragon slaying. Uh, but also you can expend charges to, if you do damage to a dragon, it reduces that dragon's movement by 20 feet. Oh, cool. the, sorry, it's, it's flying speed by 20 feet. Because I talked to a friend, the good thing to do is if you're making an item specifically for a bad guy, make it attack what's an advantage. And it's obviously, it's good for, so it grants resistance to poison. It grants because it's a fur green dragon, it reduces flying. So you can start incapacitating the dragon through this damage. Um, and I think it's fun to have. It's like really tailored to help someone trying to kill a dragon. The other one I had was a sword called Mouse. And I had this sword as a halfling called Perrin Littlelow, who was a swashbuckler, used to be a pirate. And we were doing a giant's campaign. And the weapon did an extra D6 damage for every size category bigger than you the creature was very good we were fighting giants i was small so medium large huge so extra 3d6 i was a rogue (laughs) so i had an extra i think my peak 5d6 extra damage plus the original damage for the weapon i was wrecking like i literally like how do you kill this giant with this sword it's like i'll cut off its achilles heel and it, and I, just the most horrible because obviously I'm by its feet. What do I do? Stab under its toenail. <laughs> and the whole table's like horrified. But it's like this beautiful magical weapon was really good to have to just be like I am so small, and because of that, I can fuck you up. Yeah. And I think my favorite, one of my favorite um, lines from that campaign was when I was killing a beholder, and someone had thrown cast dimension door, thrown me through it, so I was in front of this beholder, and I said, "Today you learn why elephants are scared of mice," and then stabbed it in the eye, and it died. I was like. Oh, what a moment! What cool. a moment! That was very um, cool. very but yeah, that's I think that's my favorite magic item I've ever had in a game. That was also homebrew. Yeah, speaking of homebrew magic items, I mean we're gonna we're gonna try and make one using the DMG stuff just for fun. Have for shits and gigs. There's loads of Funsies. cool like making homebrew magic items in the DMG, which we'll do. But I just want to briefly chat about um, one of the things that I do. I think I might release it for our Patreon users. I'll I'll release the the vestiges of divergence kind of thing. Cool. Because I've got this really cool, um, what I think is cool anyway, magic item kind of vibe, which was that one of the things that I didn't like about magic items was that you got magic items and then when you got new ones, you're like, fuck these old ones. Yeah. Um, I've got new stuff now. And, you know, attunement slots, you only get three. And yeah, we haven't spoke about attunement, actually. Yeah, some, a lot of magic items do require attunement. So it can be quite hard to, like, make a character you know, choice because you're like, oh, you know, this armor requires attunement, but I also want this because it, and it's just one of those things where it, it, it felt like a bit of, it felt, it just didn't feel fun anymore with the magic item vibe stuff and, you know, too much choice for players. So what I did was I started creating magic items um, based on Matt Mercer's Vestiges of Divergence. 
which essentially are magic items that level up as your players do. And there's there's many ways to do that, I guess. But what I chose to do was create legendary magic items that had full stories about them so that if a player wanted to really get the best out of this magic item, not only did they have to level up and become more powerful, but they had to listen to the story that was based on the magic weapon and then from that story get clues on how to level the magic item up. Like one of the one of the magic items I made was uh, a pair of pistols and the whole story is this because it was like a it was like a it was like a very steampunk weapon based game where guns were commonplace and I created this ghost story about um, the Lone Ranger who was called Blackjack Ketchum and he was someone who you know was very famous for winning games of Blackjack and stuff and he, he gambled with the wrong man and essentially was hung and killed and then came back from death to exact his revenge and it's this ghost story about and the person telling it was meant to be like one of the guards working on the on the house on the estate and it's him telling this story about how the ghost of blackjack catch them came and killed every single person in the house of this family lineage yeah and each sort of moment of the story is all based on how to level up the weapons so you have right, to do certain okay. things like the story so that you can then unlock the next section oh, cool. of the weapon yeah um so when I, I'll, yeah, I'll publish, I'll publish it on our Patreon That's so that idea. everybody's got like, no, I like that. to That's read really it. Cool. Um, and they are, they're really fun. And essentially I'll, I'll get one up now so that we can, we can have a little look at it. So it's two ebony pistols with golden etchings that flicker black shadows, the legendary and require attunement. They're called condemnation and damnation. Nice. Condemnation? Condemnation. I don't, be. Know, don't know what I'm saying. Condemnation. Condemnation and damnation. Um, in the dormant state, when you first get them, they're just plus one to attack rolls, um, and you become proficient with your offhand with the other. Basically, you're just proficient with both pistols, yeah. um, and you can add them to your damage. Uh, essentially, they deal a d6 damage and then an additional 4d necrotic damage. Um, but instead of dealing damage, you can choose to affect. Uh, you can choose one of two effects, uh, which can only be used once. Uh, until you finish a long rest. So essentially you have spells you can cast. You can cast Fog Cloud, or you can cast Silence, centered on the target. So wherever you shoot, a Fog Cloud appears. Wherever you shoot, oh, Silence yeah, appears. Yeah, 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 nice. um, and you've got one of them each a day. So you can just do Fog Cloud once a day, Silence once a day, um, if you forego your damage. And that's like the dormant state. And then once it gets to its awakened state, it goes up to a plus two, uh, the extra necrotic damage goes up to a d6, and the additional effect can be triggered, which is hold person. So if you shoot someone, it's hold person, and the spell saves a dc15. At its highest state, um, it's plus three. It increase the damage increases to a d8 extra damage. Um, the dc for all spells increases to 17, and you can now use the blight spell when you shoot a bullet once a day, uh, when you finish long rest, and. Essentially, like the prerequisites change. So, like the first prerequisite to get it um, to its awakened state is to land nine killing blows using the cults. Do you tell your player that, or do no? They have yeah, to figure so you, it out. But do you, you have to keep track of that? Then I guess. Yeah. I, so in the story, the person that you hung Blackjack Ketchum had nine children, and he kills all nine of them. The ghost kills all nine children. Yeah. 
Um, hence why it's nine enemies and you have to get the killing blow on nine of them. Yeah. And then um, the final prerequisite is use all the spells in one fight. Because <laughs> 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 that's the story. And the story uses yeah, all yeah, the different yeah, spells yeah. Uh, and kill all affected enemies. So you can't let any enemies get yeah, away. Yeah, they have to die. Yeah. So it's really, it's really fun. Like it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard task to do. But that's kind of what makes it worth it. Um, and there's like, yeah, there's a full story to it, and I'll, I'll publish them probably today. Just make sure that everything's done when this episode releases. <laughs> Get <laughs> so up and going. Later, yeah. You've got time. Yeah, I've got time. Well, I've got time. I mean, this is coming. We're speaking to you live. <laughs> we're speaking. This is this is live, yeah. Whenever you press play or pause, we have to stop talking and then wait for you to start again. Um, Fuck yeah, cool. But Um, yeah, and there's I've got a litany of these. I've got one for Excalibur with various different degrees of law, um, depending on the world I was working in. I've got one for um, some cool like visor goggles. I think some of them are just um, some of the Matt Mercer stuff I've taken and just uh, edited a little bit. Um, Yeah, I've created like a just a story for each one really so i'll publish all the ones that i have and just have a bit of fun with them some of the other ones are based off literally items that matt mercer published and then some of them are completely homebrew but all the stories are homebrew and the stories are kind of like i don't know it's what i find is the most fun out of it is having the story so the players have something to figure out yeah no it gives them like a puzzle with like a like it's not like a classic like oh we have to get through the dungeon to get it's like a puzzle they can chew on over time and then eventually like oh shit i've got it yeah, yeah exactly and then do something horrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like kill nine people. <laughs> um, Some of them are nice. One of them's a shield. So it's got a lot of like, the, a lot of the prerequisites are like, take damage instead of an ally. Um, yeah. That's cool. I think I need to get more creative with magic items, to be fair. I did the, the Trident one, but that was good fun. But it's nice to have them out. But I also like, there's so many in this. I say this all the time. Like I homebrew what I need to, but there's so much stuff there half the time i'm like this is this 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 is just as good for my players as other stuff i like homebrewing yeah. specific stuff like the trident and a lot of fun with which literally started because on the first session my player had made a mini but given himself a trident and he was like can i have a trident and i was like not really but we'll i'll work out. on it and then like six months later he's like what the fuck <laughs> this is a long road to get me a trident it's like yeah but it's a cool trident it's better than like shitty little earned. yeah exactly <laughs> it's better than this shitty little fork that you were gonna get yeah. this is that the uber mensch of fucking trident yeah it's not a pitchfork you've got a trident motherfucker <laughs> yeah exactly um but that's the thing is like it's it is just part of that it's that sort of making magic items feel magic i think is one of the hardest things to do especially when you dole them out all the time mm-hmm. and you know again i've just been playing D for a long time hence why i've made homebrew magic items whereas yeah. there is so much cool so much fucking shit. you know, like the fucking cape of the montyback mountyback i don't know how you pronounce that and stuff like that elven boots of elven kind there's like you don't roll chain i think you can be overwhelming to hear all the people that do homebrew stuff but you don't need to you don't actually need to homebrew anything no. you can go to the shops you can buy an advent a module and some books and play i would always recommend maybe adding your flair to it because i can have a lot of fun and making it tied to your players a little bit more yeah but you don't need to. You can still have a good game of D&D by what you can get off the exactly. shelf. Exactly. I just love storytelling, hence why I need to put a story in everything. Mm. Like, any any little thing. I actually created an NPC recently who sells trinkets, and his whole thing is that any time he sells you something, he's got a story for each trinket, so it makes it seem like it's like it's got a history. But It but might it's, not. It's nothing. <laughs> it might not. It might. He's just, just very good at making shit up. Yeah. 
And I just I find it quite fun as a DM to play that and to have yeah. that. And it also I think it makes things a bit more interesting for players. I have to say a lot of people have bought shit off of that guy because he is just like, oh yes, this is from a faraway land called the Far Realm, and you can hear the screams of eternal slumbers. Listen, ah, see, that is My the head. sound of a thousand eyes drowning. So you play Robin Williams's character, the Star of Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're telling me? <laughs> that's true that's who he is i feel like i feel like most of dming is finding is really he was really... based on arabic like kind of like vibes as well yeah. like his name was arabic and stuff i feel like most of being a dm is realizing that no idea is original like i i speak to people and they're like oh yeah that's from this i'm like that's really funny <laughs> really funny i'm not gonna say who he actually is just just so that my play anybody listening to this my players and stuff won't know oh there's more there's more to him than just a drink i was excited yeah, yeah i'll tell you off air excited because i know i know some of the players listen to this now so uh yeah okay um right what should we do now who should let's we make a magic, item, make a magic item? yeah so there is so look we've just said you don't need to have time but we're about to <laughs> Don't Let's need do. to. I just love rolling dice. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that's with you. yeah. To be fair, it's it's a beautiful thing to do. Right, let's have a look. And so, there's so many. Oh, one of the things that we didn't mention is as items become like artifacts and legendary and stuff, they have really cool things called like beneficial and detrimental effects. Yes, it's my favorite thing in the world. I, one of my players, have got a magic item, which is you feel uncomfortable when in woodland. Because he's an axe, and yeah. the trees make it. The, the the trees make him feel like uncomfortable. He's got an axe. His axe right? no, it's more of a case of like, like the trees are like Fuck take you. that fucking axe away from me, and, they, and it makes him really nervous. Yeah. And I don't know if it, I think he has now, but I didn't at first pick up the correlation. Yeah, it's like you feel uncomfortable in these woods. Why? That's the question. <laughs> it was just this axe was just like one of his better, like detriments was like. You don't like being in Woodland anymore. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And like cursed magic items are really fun. Oh, like, yeah. you know, a very fine mustache, those sort of things. Sword just of like, vengeance. It makes things like just a little bit more interesting. Demon armor is really good as well. Just like a little curse, a little cheeky curse. Sentient magic items are really fun. So I thought what we'd do is we would roll on all the tables. Yeah. Um, so we can give it like so there's a bunch of story building stuff so a good point it makes is that there's some weapons in the book just called plus one longsword Brilliant. plus one dagger and it's like to flavor that up a little bit here is some stuff you can give so it's like you find a sword with a uh, twisted handle with the depiction of an eye straight in the hilt um, and you always like, and it's kind of this strange form twisted metal and you can be like okay that's more exciting than just saying plus one longsword yeah Exactly. Um, mechanically, it's a plus one longsword, but now they're like, what the fuck is this we've got? So I think we roll some DC Dicey. Um, yes, have you got some DC Dicey? Uh, I have acquired the DJ. Right. The DJ. Okay, are you rolling? Do you want to roll? Well, I was going to type it up. Okay, I'll roll. How exciting. Right, am I? Yeah, right, let's go. Right. So first of all, we're going to find... Oh, what are, we, what are we making? Or should we work that out as we go? Well, I th- yeah, let's work it out as we go. Because you can't roll for what you get. So I just thought, let's. Uh, why don't we... Let's make the story and then we'll figure out what, what the item yeah, is. Yeah. Who created it, and what was intended? You, oh my god! Who created it, and what was intended? Nineteen. It was made by a gnome. Ah. This item was crafted to appear ordinary and might look worn. It could incorporate gears and mechanical components, even if these aren't essential to the item's function. So a gnome so made it, it. It's made to appear not ordinary. It looks ordinary. It 
might even look a bit like beaten up. Um, maybe it's got like gears and stuff in it, even though they don't really necessarily have anything to do with it. I'm in love with it already. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right. What is a detail from its history? That is a six religious. Ooh. This item was used in religious ceremonies dedicated to a particular deity. Um, I only you know one gnomish deity, Gal Glittergold. Wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't used for gnomish deity? Though? Yes, that would. Like, because it is just ordinary. Yes. Hey, you know, kobolds hate gnomes. Yeah. Because the gnomish god trapped a kobold, the kobold god, in a tunnel forever. Should we do that? <laughs> it was used in kobold religious ceremonies, and they don't realize it was made by a gnome. Um, it has holy symbols on it. The god's followers might try to persuade its owner to donate it to a temple, steal it for themselves, or celebrate its use by a cleric or paladin of the same deity. Oh, okay, so that's fun. Whoever, whichever god it was de- dedicated to, the f- the adherents of that god are trying to get it back. Oh, so kobolds are on the hunt for it. Yeah. Okay. Kobolds, all of a sudden, from nowhere, kobolds have become a problem for the party, and it's because they want this magic iron bag. What minor property does it have? 18. Wicked. When the bearer is presented with an opportunity to act in a selfish or malevolent way, the item heightens the bearer's urge to do so. Ooh. So, the story I'm seeing so far is a gnome has made a sword that looks like it's for a kobold god. Or, or an item that looks like it's for a kobold god, but it actually makes them do fucked shit. That's really funny. Maybe it was because it's like, well, if we show the kobolds are foul, then we'll have more reason to do our genocide and we can open more minds. So when the wielder is presented with a... What was it? When the bearer is presented with an opportunity to act in a selfish or malevolent way, the item heightens the bearer's urge to do so. Oh, okay. So I like the idea that this gnome has planted it in the kobolds to make them be malevolent and then give them a reason to fuck them up. That's cool. That's cool. But then we get a quirk. Seven. Metamorphic. The item periodically and randomly alters its appearance in slight ways. (laughs) The bearer has no control over these minor alterations, which might have no effect on the item's use. That's hilarious. It's very gnomish as well. I'm thinking of something really silly. What would it be? Me too. Is there oh. any more roles that we have to do? Um, yeah, later though. Uh, I like the idea that the religious the religious symbol changes to that of gold glitter gold when you it's just out the corner of your eye. <laughs> when you go to look at it, it's the sign of whatever the cobalt god is. But the minute you like look away out the corner of your eye, it's the symbol of gold glitter gold, and like, like really throwing them off. All right, so it's this a gnome made it to appear ordinary, but it's worn and it has random gears on. I don't think it does have random gears on. That doesn't fit with the story or anything. It said it can have random gears. Okay. I think it just looks like some magical item that looks old and battered and a bit worn, but it's been planned. It was given to cobbles to make them think. So it's so it was made as a trick. Yeah, it's a joke. Okay, it's a little joke, but it's it's become really important in, in cobbles society. It like a chalice or something, maybe. Yeah, a cup. Yeah, so it's a chalice which is used within kobold religious ceremony. Yeah, the turns. Oh, it's in- a hammer. Kobolds are really good at fixing things. Yeah, okay. And it turns them into devious little dickheads. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so... Oh, oh, fuck, hang on. Right, kobolds, generally disliked because they're devious little dickheads. Yeah. Maybe their entire culture was shifted when a gnome who wanted to excuse to get rid of them so they could expand their operations planted it. Their entire religion was swayed so they became religiously devious little dickheads. (laughs) And it's a vitally important part of their culture. That's really funny. 
and, and whenever you whenever it's slightly out the corner of your eye, it it has the symbol of Gyokulikol. So they're like, what the? F-? Yeah, but they're like, no one can explain it. And also, no one has no kobold has ever mentioned that to another kobold because they, they don't, don't want to be. They're yeah. like, don't be fucking stupid. It's quite clearly not. But all of them are like, fucking swear when you're not looking at that thing. <laughs> That's awful. Oh fuck. Okay. Me. Okay. So we know what we know. It's a hammer. Yeah. Let's. Uh, what What else do we need to roll for it then? So, this is the thing, right? So then, from there, there's not much on actually making a magic item. It then goes into making it, which I think it is. It's definitely like an artifact, I reckon. Mm. Um, so, like, making it sentient and stuff like that. I guess... I don't what, think this one's sentient. No, I don't either. I think it's... We could probably make it an artifact. Yeah. Um, I don't think it should be a weapon. I think it should be utility. It doesn't require attunement. Yes. No, I agree. Um, and it just looks like a simple wooden hammer. With yeah. like the symbol of whatever the cobalt god is, like yeah. on the embossed on the metal. What can we base it off? Total mark. So, can you think of any religious magical items? Well, let's have a look at Kirtel Mac. So, <laughs> he's a leader of the Cobalt Nation. Um, they were enslaving gnomes and stealing gemstones. Then they started fighting with God Glitter Gold. Then he was trapped within a maze. I, if we're thinking though, if this gnomes built it. Right, so I think it's properties of stuff like it makes your words really influential. So maybe it gives you advantage on persuasion checks because the gnome planted this for the kobolds to be like, okay, cool, we're going to go and spread the word of our god. Big Maker's really devious and that hammer has given them the ability to influence. So maybe advantage to charisma checks? Yeah, advantage to charisma checks and maybe the, you can expend charges to cast like um, uh, suggestion command. and command and stuff. And um, friends, like like maybe a few different charges for different spells, like um, ten charges, three charges you can cast command, two charges you can cast suggestion, one charge you can cast friends, something like that. Charm person probably be better than friends because friends is a cantrip, isn't it? Yeah, true. Are we making it a legendary item? Yeah. All right. So it's it's, a, it's, a, it's, like, it's literally a religious like. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's just a cheeky little boy fucking. I am. It's not so. It's about well. It's supposed to destabilize an entire culture, which it has done. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Okay. So legendary item, which means the maximum level spell at level it can cast is ninth level. Doesn't mean it has to cast ninth level spells, but it does mean that you can have like um, a bonus of plus four to it. It doesn't need one. Yeah, but as in like because they have a spell save DC attached, don't they? Oh, okay. So the DC would be like what seventeen? Uh, I thought nineteen. Okay. Spell save DC nineteen. Requires attunement. <laughs> okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah. When, when you're casting these spells and you get advantage to all your charisma checks, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So should just like give it ten charges. I usually usually the amount of charges is dictated by the level of the spell, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Like a fireball is a third level spell, so it's three charges. Is, it, is that how it works? I believe so. Cool. Okay, so three charges. So, um, can we think of the uh, our enchantment spells then? What have we got? We've got um, suggestion, command, charm, person, mass suggestion, mass suggestion, mass suggestion. Obviously, because it's to influence all the cobbles to be cheeky little boys. <laughs> Could put gears in there. Gears, yeah, definitely. That's probably enough. Yeah, it's more than enough. So this, 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 this weapon. No, this item was created to influence an entire culture and destabilize it. So the gnomes had a reason. The fist to... of Kirtlemac. Yeah. It... Yes. Uh, <laughs> and every time you look at it, <laughs> it should have two names. 
the name that the kobolds call it, but the name that the gnome invented called it. Yeah. So the Fist of Kurtamak, also known as Kurtax Ruin. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> I like the idea of it being like because it's I, it's it's I love this kind of so I I've got stereotypes of creatures in my world and I like having law reasons for it that you don't necessarily know and then the idea the players dig out the fact that the reason every like cobbles are like this is because they've been like yeah. the fucking gnomes hundreds of years ago destabilized their entire culture and just one gnome the gnome didn't tell anyone no yeah. the gnome made the item supply planted it it worked and like, good it's like, oh no my shaft has been robbed oh my god what's happened to my item I guess it was those cheeky little cobbles watch them fall so the fist of Kirtle Mac or the fall of Kirtle no the um, Kirtle Mac's I just feel like it wouldn't even have like a name grand name yeah it'd just be something really silly oh what's the gnome's name yeah um gnomish name generator <laughs> I'm literally getting it up yeah <laughs> oh it's on the first guide hang on it's got a gnomish name generator in it right are they let's have a roll uh, 33. Um, a gnome called Loop Mottin. Loop Mottin Gimlin. What about Tussle Trick? Tussle Trick's nice. Tussle Trick's. Tussle Trick's gift? <laughs> yes. 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 Um, That's so dark. Yes. Tussle Trick's trick. Um, gift, sorry. And then. They call it. I like it being called the word of because it's about influence. I like the word of whatever that god's called. Yeah, but it's a hammer, isn't it? Yeah, presumably be used. Maybe you get like maybe you get advantage to smithing as well. Also, it can be used as a yeah a hammer, <laughs> or oh, as like an improvised weapon. Yeah, or like an actual hammer. No, like a like a just a like, like, like a hand bit of bludgeoning yeah, damage. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, I like this this little. I'm putting this in my campaign. This is brilliant. I think I might as well. <laughs> this is brilliant. This is why the, this is why no one likes kobolds. Because some gnome fucking <laughs> ruined their culture. Just literally crippled the entire kobold culture. And now they are vestiges of their former self. Everyone doesn't like kobolds because of this one fucking gnome. Someone cast legend lore and this, this fucking hammer like, oh my god, oh my god. What the fuck? Tussled uh, tricks. What was his first name? I don't think you. I think you just said Tussle Trick. Oh, the one yeah, I gave. Yeah. She was called Loopy. Loop something. Loopy. She was called um, Loop Mottin, but I like the fact she was called Loopy. Loop. Loopy. 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 My friends call me Loopy. <laughs> tussle Trick. Loopy Tussle Trick. Pleasure to meet you. Still that. <laughs> Oh yeah, she names live for like four hundred years. She'll still be uh, three hundred fifty years. I like the idea that she's like, I caused the fall of cobbles when I was but fifteen years old, and I've been watching it unfurl this entire time. Proudest moment. What was your What was your proudest moment, Luby? Probably time the I destabilized the entire culture. <laughs> the entire culture and watched them fall before me. Hmm? Oh, I'm so, just sorry. What? <laughs> sorry, I, I. That's a joke. Just a little. Gnome joke. It's a little tussle trick. (laughs) 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 Sometimes I lie awake and think of the laughs I've ruined. (laughs) And I laugh. (laughs) Um, All right. Great. It's not sentient. No. Should we give it some beneficial properties because it's not a fact? I think we have, really. I think, think, to be fair, this is enough. Yeah, okay. It's got... Oh, well, hang on. We need to put in... 
the whilst attuned to this oh we've already given it that yeah whilst this hammer you want to do my level and stuff yeah exactly so it's already kind of got like a bit of a curse on it i think this is enough personally all right beautiful i love it oh what about when you attune to it you gain proficiency in um persuasion and smithing no, because cobble don't, don't they make do. they, 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 they don't do make, make they fix, don't they? They make things. Are they okay? Yeah, yeah, really I feel like smithing doesn't fit cobbles though. They do, they do. do they're they? really good okay. makers. Maybe I'm just really racist to cobbles. Maybe, maybe they're written no, up, but they're really good at making things. Okay, so you they you, make loads of traps. You gain, and shit. you gain perfect. Yeah, but that's not smithing. Yeah, but they're making things. Yeah, but smithing like, is something very specific. Yeah, but like what what other? It's like a performance check for making things. Uh, you gain proficiency in sleight of hand. Because you usually do a sliding hand check to make a trap. Would you? Yeah. If you're making traps, it's like an intelligent sleight of hand or something like that. So it's just an intelligence check with your proficiency then? Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. This is just say advantage at all crafting. Yeah. Oh, uh, here we go. You gain proficiency in persuasion and one crafting tool of your choice. Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> one set of crafting tools. So like smith's tools or whatever. Um, so... That's our, I suppose, magical item reward, which gives us our character a bit of plot, a bit of story. Yeah. But we can create other stuff. Like, I, we spoke about this last time. Like, my cleric got a church and a tile and some land and a tavern and stuff. So there's stuff that's more rewarding beyond um, magic items and treasure, right? Yeah. So there's a bunch of suggestions in the book. So you've got um, supernatural gifts, like blessings, this is always something I like to do to my warlocks when they've been good little... Good little warlocks. When they're when they're, their patron is like, yes, you have done the thing I asked, and then you give them a blessing. So a bunch of stuff like blessing of health, so you can increase your uh, constitution modifier by two. Um, you can gain magic resistance features. You can get, If you look as well, we'll talk about this later, but in the monster creation um, section of the book, there's a bunch of features which monsters have, which you can look through and see if there's any of them, which would be good. So magic resistance is one you'll find a lot of monsters have. Uh, you can give them features that monsters would have, like you gain a flight thing, or it's like, here's a magical reward from your god or your patron. And it's a nice way to, a nice easy way to make your warlocks feel more connected to their patron. Yeah. And and it's also just like a nice thing to do when you get, I mean, like one of the big examples is like, this is for level 20 campaigns. You know what I mean? When you can't get any more levels sometimes it's nice to have you know just an increase to your wisdom or an increase to your charisma and such well then there's the boon yeah yeah well supernatural gifts and boons are kind of like yeah boons are a bit more they're they're ridiculous yeah they're the left ball and the right ball really aren't they (laughs) in the shaft of magic (laughs) items No, because that would be, if that was the case, your right ball would be considerably bigger than your left ball, because boons are, like, stupid. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. But there's, yeah, yeah. There's also, like, there's just, like, little things like charms as well, yeah. just, like, things that, that don't necessarily last for the whole time. They might just last for a little bit, because you've done a good job and you're a yeah. good boy. Yeah, Um So as well as your char- as well as your blessings, there's also charms, which give you little abilities, which are consumables. Um, again, there's a bunch of examples, but that again is just a nice way. Like, well done, my son. You have served me well. Have this. Um, um. Sorry, I'm just reading my notes, my child. Give me one quick moment. Uh, the the charm of the slayer, because I foresee you will be slaying Slaying that pussy. (laughs) He's a god of sex. It's Baphomet. They don't call him the horned one for no reason. 
Um, I have given you a the the charm of giant slaying, for I I see giants in your future. And then the players will be like, oh, what? I when I didn't know we were fighting giants. What's going on? So it's a nice little like you've got yeah. a prim, prim, premonition yeah, prim, prophecy, prim, your prophecy from the old god, and it's giving you a power to help with it. Um, Marks of prestige, letters of recommendation, medals, parcels of land, special favors. That's why when my, the king was like, I will grant you a magical item which is rare or less, and I went. Can I have a tile? <laughs> oh, and land. And land, because that's far more exciting. <laughs> Tiles last forever. <laughs> Tiles last forever. This magical item, it, look, it, it realistically, three levels, and we bored of it, so let's just have something else. <laughs> um, and then, what else we got? Then it gets to your boons, baby. Your boons, boons baby, baby. Which is, hey, I'm level 20, and we've just killed uh, our fourth god this yeah. session. Can I have a level up, please? It's like, you can have a boon. To be fair, any time a player kills a god i feel like they deserve either a level up or a boon yeah 100 percent. yeah kill and dethrone god um but then there's a bunch of boons at the back which are like like i was saying like uber charms yeah. like um the boon of combat prowess when you miss with a melee weapon attack you can choose instead to hit that's it you you just hit and you get that back every short rest yeah you're like i think actually dungeon master you'll find i hit thank you it's great it's they are just they're just naughty, and and they aren't they aren't overpowered because like most of them are like a short rest, like everything is a short rest apart from boon of fortitude where your hit point maximum increases by forty. That's pretty dank. <sighs> boon of quick casting. Take one of your spells to take an action to cast. It's now a bonus action forever. You can just have like a bonus action fireball. Yeah, just just you just whenever you want. Yeah, fuck. Boon of high magic. You gain a ninth level spell slot, providing you already have one. So you already you, yeah, you okay. just get an extra ninth level two, spell. Two ninth level spells, I guess. Which is ridiculous yeah. though. Wish wish. <laughs> Boon of immortality. That says what it means. <laughs> yeah. You just you you don't die. That's it. Man. I feel like that's the kind of thing you give that's like an early on boon. Because I feel like once you get to level twenty, yeah. you're f- stupidly powerful. I feel like level quote unquote twenty one yeah. should be you're all now just immortal demigods. Yeah. Enjoy. Um because then that's kind of like a cement them as the, the most uber powerful creatures. I do world. I do really want to play like a level twenty campaign where I just it's you will start at level twenty. You'd need I've to have that. players I've done that. yeah and just that's it. I've done that it's fun. You just <laughs> throw everything at them. Actually like it should be a planescape actually game. I've done that. It's fine. It's not as exciting as you think it's going to be. No, not exciting. Just fun. It's it's like fine. A Planescape game. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. they literally have to go through every single plane of existence. Yeah. Well, I guess you could do it. Well, when we did it, it was a bit of a struggle because we fought all the big monsters, but it just feels like a bit of a slog to an extent sometimes. Yeah. Um. So like we fought an ancient black dragon, and those things have got a lot of hit points. But also, I've got a lot of hit points. So you're just there for a long time. Just everybody's just slapping each other. Yeah, and eventually you're like. <sighs> God, I've got no spells on assassins. All my smite's done. I'm just going to keep whacking it. Um, and then, yeah. So, like, but, like, yeah, I think you can do it well, but I think you have to be an incredibly good DM. Yeah. And I think your players have to be very good players. Ready. Yeah. They like, they need to, need to know what they're doing and they need to be able to give you story, not just doing a power fantasy. Yeah, stuff. exactly. No, but it's got to be a story, hasn't it? That's the thing. I think that's why, I think that's why it needs to be a Planescape game. Yeah. Anyway, more boons. Oh, what the fuck? Sorry, I just... Power of invisibility. Whatever, fine. You reduce damage to zero once per short rest. Power of irresistible offense. You overcome any resistances. That's <laughs> fucked. 
Oh, you thought you were resistant to radiant damage? Not anymore, motherfucker! I'm trying to think. I guess that doesn't count for immunities, but I like the idea of killing a red dragon with fire. Yeah. Just as like, you think you're good. Oh my god! What the fuck is that? (laughs) Sorry, officers around us. Um, Peerless aim. You can give yourself a plus 20 bonus to a ranged attack roll. These are stupid. I love them. Perfect health. You're immune to all diseases. In what world do you miss with a plus 20? When you roll a one. And it's, you're fighting a Tarasque. Yeah. yeah, Or a two. Or a three. Yeah, but you're... Real, you're oh, but, no, but you're, you would have a plus two, that plus 20. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's ridiculous. But also the nat one. Nat one misses anyway. Yeah, yeah. But if you, but if you had the boon of um, uh, combat... Where is it? Combat prowess, where you could just choose to hit, you're getting that one. Pfft, never mind. I think that's for melee, though, isn't it? I think it's specifically for melee. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, but it's like... Not oh, yeah, true. Um... But yeah, that's all. That is true. And by the time you're twentieth level, you're pl- you've got like a plus six proficiency bonus. I-, I love burn of skill proficiency. You gain proficiency in all skills. <laughs> I can just do it. Whatever it is, I've I've got it. Can done. you imagine being a rogue with the with the skill of because you just, just reliable talent for everything. Fuck. Everything is ten or above. Boon of perfect health is a paladin fifth level ability. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably the worst. Yeah, one. true. Um, Give that to your paladin. Uh, yeah, there's some good shit here. True sight is obviously great. Yes, yes. True sight is you can see anything that's invisible yeah. in the ethereal border ethereal. Just if it's there, you can see it. You so. see everything as it is. Uh, um. Yeah. This is fucked. This is. These are fun. I want to do this. I want to do it. I, no. Do you know what I want to do? I want to have a long running campaign, starting at level one and getting to this point, and then still going. I think. I think I'd love to do something like that, yeah. but I just. I've just not got the friends. <laughs> oh. I've currently got my players on the way to doing level, they'll be level 18 by the end of it. Nice. And th- the end of it is you kill Tiamat, but you don't because you kill her on the material plane. Exactly. And I like the idea of being like, hey, you want to go to hell? And finish the and job. And finish the fucking job. God, she- Tiamat. What did she ever do? <laughs> I'm giving Nile a look right now. <laughs> Hey, you know, what did she ever do? Do you know what I mean? She helped create the universe and then... Made all chromatic dragons evil. She didn't make them evil. She she did. She literally did. Ah, potato, potato. No. (laughs) No. Why? Why are they evil? Do you know what I mean? What did Bahamut do? Yeah, I mean, fine. I'm not against you killing Bahamut either. Do it. (laughs) Kill, dethrone all the gods. That's what I say. By the end of your world, all your gods should now be players. Oh, God. oh, that'd be fun. I've actually immortalized my little sister's character as a god in my setting. That's really cute. Because she was like, I'm a god. I was like, of course you can. That's really sweet. How old god. is your little sister? She is. She was younger. <laughs> How old is she now? <laughs> She's now 33. Yeah. <laughs> Older than me. How old is she? What year is it? It's 2022. 14. What? She's 14. Oh, right. <laughs> I wasn't correcting you. But this is what, at the start of pandemic. Is this... <laughs> is this a bit? Yeah. <laughs> start of pandemic. So she was like 11 at the time. It was good fun. That's really cute. Um, But yeah. Some of these are just, like, classless abilities. So I'm like, yeah. I say, give them all. <laughs> you have every boon. Yeah, all of them. You'll never be able to put anything against them ever again. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you need to start playing clever. That's when you actually need to use monster tactics. Yeah, and that's when you start throwing, like, homebrew monsters at them. Yeah. Gods and shit. Well, to be fair, that's when you can start using the monsters in the books, which are, like... I feel like Wizards of the Coast keeps giving us really powerful monsters, but not high-level adventures. Yeah. So I was like, so I have to homebrew, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then use these. I'd, you know what? I'd be. Re- I really want to use an astral dreadnought. A four astral dreadnought. It's it quite fun. fun. Yeah, but they, they're cool. Yeah. Again, it's it, it took it to the point where it's like it's a big sack of hit points. You're a big sack of hit points. It takes a long time. Fair. fair. Um. 
But yeah, I think that's a good thing on rewarding your players. Um, yeah, we've done the rewarding. This is yeah. how you reward people. This is it. We've been telling you how to tell your own story. Because remember, again, I've said this before. I remember I, we, I listened to start the podcast and then I remember the lies I was telling you. Because I knew there'd be players at the start, but hopefully they've got the message by now. that saying, this is all your game. You're all here to have fun. No, so this is your game. Yeah. You're here to win. Exactly. But you do need to make them feel a bit more comfortable in that. So that's what this is for. You need to make them feel like they think they're having a good the time. first three episodes what's actually happening is you're having a good the first time. three episodes was what you tell the players yeah, yeah. We we're all here to have fun this is if this is your game you're here to win and it's important that you have a good time fuck the rest of them who cares it's not about them it's about you um yeah so this is when you make them like oh here's a little little tasty little treat you keep them off the scent yeah exactly keep playing my game this keep is my game. yeah exactly here's a boon keep playing my game Ghastly. what is it gaslight gatekeep girl boss <laughs> Um, amazing um right that's for that's that's the end of part two uh of the dmg so we'll be going on to newer things newer things um, we'll be talking about some of the the alternate rules in the next episode and stuff like that yeah. and i'll uh, i'll make sure that yeah if anybody wants to subscribe to our patreon they'll have access to all the different magic items that we create today and i'll i'll write up a full little story for that and uh and any any vestiges of divergence that people are interested in awesome Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. My name's been Niall. My name's been Morgan. Ciao. (laughs) We need to work our way to round this out. listening to the show if you enjoyed please leave a review it really helps big thanks to our editor jack sinclair and g mcdermott for our cool cover art if you'd like to check out any merchandise head to littlelionslayer.co.uk where julia our resident smithy has all our products up for sale until then brave adventurers <laughs>